The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder of CEO and Metcalf and Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends and create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. Today, I am delighted that our guest is Gary Patterson. Gary specializes in helping leaders avoid costly problems and increase profits by uncovering million-dollar blind spots to make better business decisions, carrying out rigorous due diligence and strategic enterprise risk management reviews, and partnering with them on critical fiscal and financial projects. He's a published thought leader by Financial Times, ExecuNet, sorry, ExecuSense Service. He's worked with two companies that have achieved the coveted Inc. 500 Fastest Growing Company Award. He's a natu- national virtual business advisor for Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Growth Initiative, and he's a Stanford MBA and a KPMG CPA. He's held multiple C-level roles across a range of industries, and he now runs a company called The Fiscal Doctor. So this show, the Innovative Leadership Show, is really about helping leaders evolve themselves and their organizations to meet the biggest challenges we're facing in our society and create organizations that solve those problems and leave the legacy or create the world that we want to work in. So if that's the case, I, my challenge to everyone who's listening is, what do you hear from our speakers that allows you to evolve yourself as a leader and your organization as an entity creating either a more positive future or a more negative future? So what do you hear from Gary today that you can put into place to become more effective and I refer to this as being the mind or demonstrating the mind of the scientist. So today's focus is going to be on black holes, um, not black holes as in, in science, but in, in leadership. So Gary's been writing and presenting on boardroom black holes and taboos based on his research with the Conference Board and the Conference Board of Canada. So during this show, we'll talk about the top five 
black holes and taboos and why executives and board members need to be thinking about these high-impact topics. So our goal will be to help in this conversation you as leaders identify what those black holes are before they blindside you. So, So the challenge is, as you're listening, to be asking yourself, are these issues for me that have gone under-examined or unexamined, and even if you're not a CEO or a senior executive, how might these questions apply to your department? Because if we talk about something like risk management or succession, while you may not be the CEO of the organization, at a departmental level, they may still be blind spots to be attended to. So let's now have Gary jump in. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you give us look a little for, Look about... forward to an interesting conversation and someone getting at least one snippet so they save uh, some gray hair or less hair, as I've gone through. So, Gary, why are you passionate about this? Why, why do you care and why should our listeners care about board stuff? Well, you know, and here's the issue. The board is the key strategic resource that sets direction, approves people, policy, business models, everything. And we'll talk a little about more than the resource, but here's the issue. The board have got key issues, but you may not know this, but think about it. You don't have enough money, people, and time for your initiatives. It doesn't get much better as you move up to the CEO or the board there are only so many key things they want to address and can. That's why they told me off the record these so they don't have to tell you. But they're not going to let you, you know, they won't accept that you don't know what they want you to go fix. Hmm, interesting. So let's start with the conversation we're going to talk about the five mistakes to avoid in your business. Tell us a little bit about the research. How did you come to the top 20 and then narrow down to five? Did you just make this stuff up? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to be a little more scientific because I knew people like you would put me under the microscope in your audience. Um, I write a series of books and things. I publish for a couple different uh, very high-end publication. So I was able to attend the National Association of Corporate Directors, NACD, the annual conference for an article. So for three days, I wandered around, and I'm going to give you the very high level, saying, you know, I know there's things that you'd like your board or other boards to do, but you don't want to raise your hand. Tell me the three, and I will not use your name. And then, poof, they gave me the information. So for three days, I tabulated their comments and came out with an article, uh, Boardroom, Black Holes, and Taboos. About a month later, the Conference Board of Canada approached me and said, we like that article of yours. Would you do a webinar for us? And I said, well, you know, that's, these are some quality people. And here's where there's some value to you in the audience. What they wanted was, you know, a list of 1 to 20 is too much. How do we come up with, with three, four, five themes? And the themes I came back to were these five most common mistakes to avoid or to grow your business. So let me stop and uh, let you catch up. Great. So the next part of the conversation, we're going to go through the five. So we selected one topic from each of the five themes. And so you're going to tell us a story or 
story and, and elaborate on what those things mean. So let's start with, number one, where do you make your money? Where's your top theme, right? That really is, because the, if you think about it, on these things with the theme I've gotten, and I've done this a couple hundred times, and two of these five are going to hit fit every person there whenever I speak or do a workshop. Mm-hmm. You got to know where you make your money, or you know things aren't going to work. And the issue, let's give you a non-conventional way to think of each one. What I was told is, you know, we can call it whatever you want. Succession planning, you probably say we do that. My question to you is. Do you have the right people in place to make money for the next five to ten years? And I need you, you need to be able to go three levels deep to ensure that. That's what they told me. So Jim Collins talks about getting the right people on the bus. And, and most of us think of that as I've got my key leaders lined up. I don't work with many people who are thinking three levels down. That's why these people told me off the record. I mean, you know, yes, the conventional wisdom is I'm doing a good job. You know, we know the board knows who the CEO is, or the CEO knows who the C-suite are. The thing about it is you go back to, you know, you and I have been around a little while on the other side there. Once upon a time, you had little diagrams and boxes in a locked room. And that shows you who the key people were. I'm sorry? Some of them still do. Oh, Okay. There's a locked room in some of these places, and it's three deep. Because if you're not three deep, you you don't anticipate. And you've got to blend the anticipation. To make money five years from now, what do you need to do? I'm a tech guy half the time and then the supply chain. There are certain types of skill sets you need to have even when you know strategy. So the person you've got today, unless you train them or improve them, they're not going to be what you need years five, seven, or ten. So are, are the most effective, and, and let's think at, for the moment, large organizations. Do they have a, a corporate university, or are they sending their folks off to university, or are they doing in-house rotation programs? How are top organizations navigating? Because I realize if, I, if you send me off to a top-name school, I'm going to learn important stuff, but I may not learn the thing to be a better CIO. That may come differently. You know, this is a two-edged sword. There is no easy answer, and most people don't have the money to, uh, you know, General Electric is the one everyone thinks of, or Pepsi in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Huge amounts of money. If you're a middle market company, you don't have that luxury, but you still got the same requirement is how good a job are you doing on succession planning three levels deep with a five to ten year high, uh, time horizon because most people are thinking six to twelve months the world changes so much and there's a lot of people don't even want to talk about three to five year plans. I sort of like them. You know, I interviewed someone the other day and, and it was a similar conversation. We realized that the plan we put together isn't going to be, it, it's going to need to be revised. But going without a plan doesn't make sense either. We just need to hold it more um, as a hypothesis more than well, the plan. process. I mean, the typical thing there is you never can guess what the problem is going to be on contingency planning or business continuity. It's the fact you have a process. It says if the world, if something really, really changes dramatically, we're going to, Maureen's going to do this, Gary's going to do that, and 
uh, yeah, we, you have a process to apply. Yeah, we, we, get, we all get in the room and we recast the plan. Yes. Most likely what's going to happen. So interestingly, I, I met with an organization, community organization, who is focused on, the, we have a lot happening in our community with CIOs, CIO forums, CIO conferences, happening with the next level down. So directors of IT, VPs of IT, depending on the size of the organization. And so we're putting together a training program for that next level to really look at what do we do there. And so I'm thinking that is an example of how middle market companies, some some of the big guys will participate, some middle markets will participate, and some, some smaller because it'll be cost effective and they'll get the benefit of learning from a cross-section of people doing similar work. Oh, I agree completely, and I'll have to apologize now. Fortunately, I have been every C-suite officer in there. You name it, I've been, including a CIO, CTO. I was told, if Gary, if you don't insert a smidgen of humor when you do these things, this stuff's dry. You've got to have a little... <laughs> okay, so I'm dry, huh? Smidgen. But I've been told the standard for high-level CFO, COO types is really, really low. So this is not going to be a humorous keynote, keynote you're getting. But uh, if I sound a little glib on something, I'm at least trying to put a – I'm trying to keep you awake so you'll stop reading all your emails. Okay. So let's jump into the second one, and we're going to go on break in a minute, but let's get started with it. So the world is changing. We all know this. We hear it all the time. I talk about it all the time. How does that relate to concerns for boards? What do they have? How do they relate to change? I'll give you something, and you can bring us back after the break. Here's part of the story in my life. I spoke last month at a conference in Florida. Once upon a time, not that long ago, I would have gotten a cab, a limo, or a, some kind of a shuttle type thing. Mm-hmm. I got Uber. Yep. And you can, we can talk about why and the fact that I got Uber. What does that say happened to taxi industries, bank loans on uh, medallions? Uh, I'll leave that to you to uh, bring us back and move us forward after your break. Okay, so... so- uh, let's go on break now, and you are listening to Gary Patterson, Maureen Metcalf, and we are talking about the top five concerns for boards and executives and how to address them. We will be back right after break. Thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, 
and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're talking to Gary Patterson about the five top board-related issues and why you care. So the first one was know where you make your money and succession planning second one was the rate of change we're facing and creating strategic plans and being able to recast them. So I want to start off with a statistic. One of the numbers that I talk about, but it bears repeating, is the rate of change in this century, so 2000 to 2100, will be 20,000 times what it was in the last century. So if we think about you know, my grandparents, great-grandparents, got their first cars, uh, first cars in, in our country, probably in the world, and now we've got people living on space stations, and how we navigate technology, what I do with my handheld phone or whatever mobile device, and the idea that I have access to more information than our presidents did, like Ronald Reagan. So if, if I've navigated that amount of change in my relatively short working career, what will life be like a decade, two decades, three decades from now? And how will that upend? So Gary referenced Uber. How does that change seemingly overnight, within a year probably, the entire dynamics of an industry and what, as a, a leader, board member, should I be looking at? So, Gary, let, tell us a little bit more about change and what boards are talking about with regard to this kind of change. The, the comment on this one is the phrase that, that they will pick up, and you probably have heard your audience, is disrupt or be disrupted. The analogy's been around a long, long time. 
the comment was, you know, the ta- taxi companies and that thing, for all the other reasons, they didn't see this coming on these things with it. The industry, it's not like there's an AT&T of taxi cabs. But if you were that taxi cab on the other item, you either might not have seen it, not wanted to have seen it, whichever the issue is. And then just think, I mean, it hasn't been that long. If you were a consumer product, software, on and on, You've almost got to, and I can't remember the old phrase, the new phrase is disrupt or be disrupted, meaning if you don't go out and decide where the market's moving and change ahead of time, someone's going to do it to you. You will be disrupted mm-hmm. if you don't disrupt yourself. So I'm say I'm a middle market company or a smaller company. Am I able to disrupt the market or am I more of a fast follower? You know, there's a lot of difference depending on the industry. I'm going to give you a different story that sort of moves into the overly optimistic, the next one. When I was in Boston, I came, uh, uh, I did a project with a company called Fair Market. Fair Markets claimed they were golden. They went public one day before that market crash and raised $100 million. Nice chunk of change. In the blink of an eye. They went from eyeballs are good and statistics are nice to we want cash flow. And as yeah. the, quote, interim CFO to help change the business model, decide what pricing actually was, hold the ship together while we cut our burn rate $10 million in 90 days. Wow. That's what can happen. And, you know, in the Midwest, you're up there. It wasn't that long ago that you had tool and die shops that lost 80, 90% of their business, you know, in about one to two quarters, and they had to adjust. It isn't a question of should you, could you, et cetera. It is you had better be able to for when, not if, this kind of thing happens. And many of us, if we're paying attention, so I was on the board of trustees of a university, and the trends are are well documented right now. What's happening with attendance in universities, income dependent or tuition dependent universities? We can predict with some level of certainty where an enterprise will go. And as a board member, I should be paying attention to those trends. Now, still there are black swans and things like that, but more often, if I'm following the trends. I should be anticipating and addressing, and yet often it seems we're still caught a little off guard. Different issues. I mean, we, we can go one or two ways there. I'm going to make two things, and, and maybe we, you know, hopefully we'll put enough value that people will like to hear me again. One of two things is going to happen. If you are a small middle market company, you've got these, all these things you've got to do, and you don't have enough resources. There's a point at which you've got to bring in help because – I, the analogy I'm going to make for another thing is your sheriffs have gone on strike and aren't telling you anymore when you're there. It's not fun to point these things out. And the people that you were on that board, some of the people that would have pointed that out to you five or ten years ago, there are major reasons why it's not in their best interest to do it. But an outsider can. So that's an interesting point because I joined that board when they were in receivership. It, this is. It was populated by very good, well-meaning, high-integrity people, and we got there. 
It wasn't the first board. And they brought in an outsider, you. Yeah. Well, and that seems to be the role I take as I come in when things are broken. Um, Maybe a comment about me, but that's aside. We do have boards, lots of them, and companies get in trouble, and the boards may be ill-equipped to deal with the, the volume and the magnitude of change and know what kind of corrective action to take that people who have led transformations in the past, transformations going forward may look different. And, you know, one of our questions was the CEO said he knew what to do and we trusted him. And I think that was one of your findings is how much do we trust our leaders and how much, and we all want to, and we assume that they're seeing everything, but they may not be seeing the signs either. So, so can you talk a little bit about that, trusting our executives? Yeah, and that was one of the other issues. I mean, it, 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 we're sort of inching into the third, overly optimistic on financial procedures and procedures. The procedure is okay. you trust the CEO, you trust your process, you trust things. And very good people have gut feelings they've developed over a long period of time. And gut feelings are great until they aren't great anymore. And it's a fine tune of when do we sort of phase out on measuring the key right stuff or you're overwhelmed. And there's always some overwhelm factor in these things. So what do you do about it? You know, you, you diversify that board. You take okay. a look. There's a, there's a trend and, you know, done something recently came out the last year is how do you know you have the right board? What are the skill sets you need? Let's go back to number one, you know, you know, the idea of where do you make your money succession planning. You've got the same issue at the board. You okay. need to know what skill sets you need today and three years and five years out. And you've gonna, you are going to have to be willing, and this is the board who's making these decisions. They've got to come back more than they used to because they're getting overwhelmed the same way. What director do you need three years out? What VP do you need? And, you know, what person do you need in that, not the CIO, who is two slots below that CIO that you need ready to be on, do something for you five years from now? So let's circle back, and I realize this is not going in logical order, but when we talked about where do you make your money, why is succession planning so important in where I make my money versus... Um, isn't it just about picking the right lane and sticking to my lane? Well, if you pick the right lane, you know, you need to have the right people there. Otherwise, you're putting people on a bus, but you're putting them on the wrong bus, and the bus is going down the wrong, is going on the wrong road, going the wrong way. Okay. <laughs> so my people are the ones who course correct the bus. Notice the bus is going on, on the wrong I know we're going overboard on the bus, but they're the ones driving and correcting and paying attention to my clients and all of those things. So even with a brilliant strategy, if I don't have the right people, strategy isn't going to be realized. There's been an analogy. I'll go into the venture capital world, which may be a little different. You know, the idea is an internal or whatever, if you put in money, do you put your money 
on a brilliant strategy and a great sounding product that you go with the A idea and the B team, or do you go with the B idea and the A team to course correct? It's the same application. That's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Things change, and you need the people that have the training and the capability to course correct quickly. So in an environment where change is the norm, and change will be the norm during the rest of your career and mine, sounds like we need to pick people with a core competency in transformation, disrupting. Spotting it, making a plan, testing the plan, correcting the plan, and then continuing to pay attention to how, how are the environmental forces continuing to drive and produce barriers to my plan. You need a mix. You need a mix. You need enough of that to do it, just like on your board, but you mm-hmm. need plain old-fashioned operations, you know, HR, manufacturing. You, you need enough of each mix because no. Con- I don't think I've ever seen anywhere, and maybe someone listening is, have we had all the money, all the people, and all the time we need. We've always had to say we've got to, We've got to put extra emphasis here, here, and here, and that means we're going to take some exposure there, there, and there. Got to have a mix. Yeah. Can't everybody, if everybody's a, a catalyst, you'll, you'll be in shiny object syndrome and nothing will ever get done. <laughs> that may describe my life a little more than I'd like to admit. So having, again, the, the right mix of people, back to our, our question of where do you make your money, having a strategic direction and the people who can help us realize that strategy, back to number one. Number two, that changes happening all the time. And then number three, being overly optimistic. Let's talk a little bit more about overly optimistic. And here's the issue we look at that. It's the analogy of sunk cost or tools. Uh, there's a point at which... A lot of companies capitalize things, set it up. I have seen company after company where when you put something, well, let's put it this way, on these things with it. If you've got a lot of money built on a plant that makes blue widgets, you know, the time frame things, and the market decides they don't want blue widgets, they want red widgets, you don't write that plant off in a day. Um, I helped a company over in England. I ran a Fortune 500 pilot uh, for a buildings products company that had been originally over there in England. It had been the Wolverhampton Steelworks, and it had been bought and merged a time or two. You might be surprised if I told you some of the processes and procedures still were there from the Wolverhampton Steelworks. Nobody knew why they did things. They just did it, and... It's tough when you're, the market moved in that case from basically process flow to job shop situations. People didn't want lots and lots of stuff crammed through a manufacturing plant. They wanted their specific one. They wanted blue steel painted, red curtain wall. Mm-hmm. You can't change on a dime, and those balance sheets had a whole lot of stuff that related to pushing a lot of stuff through a manufacturing plant. So sunk costs, and I'm assuming it was then your job to get that stuff off the balance sheet. No, it was my job to get a consensus of what we would do to re-engineer 
best practices, lean, why we moved to J.D. Edwards, why we get total quality, and why we had a better idea of where we made our money. The getting it off the balance sheet, I left those a CFO there. I got up every morning. All I did all day, every day was run that project. And they told me I did it well. J.D. Edwards loved me. And that's, uh, having worked on a J.D. Edwards project, that's an interesting and challenging challenging work to get everything that is disparate onto a shared system and get people to either agree or be coerced into a common path forward. Burning platforms have value uh, on these things with it, but if you don't do it, you know, you lose great people because you, you can't keep their job there. Yeah. Well, and not to get into too much of the change piece, but both the burning platform and having a vision for what the future looks like so that I, I can have a level of trust and comfort that what we're going toward will actually solve a problem that's burning my butt behind. So we've talked now about being overly optimistic. Let's And number four is opportunity cost. Can you tell us a little bit about opportunity cost? What made sense once upon a time doesn't anymore. <laughs> um, if I had to give you an analogy as we got into there, you know, to break your, your comment there, uh, think about this. What would you do if you moved your very best person in your business to where they would have the most value for your business? That's opportunity cost. And so if I move them, then I don't get the value elsewhere. Somebody has to sacrifice for the common good. That is so, never easy. So if, if we're thinking about middle market companies, this means I take on a project and shut down a line, possibly. Or I, I treat a division like a cash cow while we fund a startup. Any number of decisions that will optimize one unit at the expense of another. Is that, did I hit that right? That would be, uh, I would agree with you. And as directors and executives, we're making those decisions all the time. Exactly. And so when you said directors are most concerned about that, what, we know what it is. What is the concern and is there an antidote? If I can have a couple seconds while you uh, look at that one, I will have an analogy ready for you in, uh, as soon as you bring us back. Okay, so we're going to go on break, and we will be right back with Gary Patterson. We are talking about the five top mistakes to avoid in your business as an executive or a board member, so black holes and taboos. We will be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. 
Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are joining Gary Patterson and Maureen Metcalf, and we are talking about the five mistakes to avoid in your business. And before we went on break, we were talking about opportunity cost, what it is, and what boards are most concerned about. So can you give us an example, Gary? I'll, I'll continue the, uh, the uh, U.K. situation. The reason I came over there to do this was key. They had a very good internal candidate at the, you know, like one notch down below the CFO in the cost and manufacturing area who was crucial. They absolutely could not give up that expertise to make sure they ran the business well enough to go forward. So they went to an outside resource, me, to run this project, which was a, you know, one and do it and go away and leave the knowledge there. They made the decision that they could not free up that very best person they had, but they could bring in an outside interim resource. A la Gary, even if he doesn't speak British and doesn't know how to spell European. Okay. So, so the, 
the board decision that was the opportunity cost there is I have to forego putting my best guy on the project because guy or, or woman are required elsewhere and I address the opportunity cost by backfilling, in this case, with an external resource. Exactly. And I'm thinking of other clients um, treating a part of the organization as a cash cow for a period of time, not long enough to damage it, but long enough to basically extract the cash to launch a more profitable business unit. And how angry, in some cases, the general managers get of those units that are <laughs> being treated like cash cows because they've earned the right to be treated better. And yet, as an enterprise, we were making a strategic decision on what will be most effective for the overall organization. So let's go to the fifth one then, face the facts. I was, I was waiting, holding my breath, saying, and that is the perfect entree of ah. number five, face the facts. Okay. The fact is the organization with that cash cow, they desperately need the money. It's a combination of face the facts and opportunity cost, and several of these will blend. The best interest for your client in that situation was to take money away from the cash cow person who had earned the right to have a cush, easier life. Mm-hmm. except that the organization desperately needed that cash flow somewhere else. Unpleasant fact to face up to. Well, and for the CEO who I was working with, a client where we were making those decisions, again, the world's changing. We launched a new business and funded it with the existing operation, and both were required to address the changes in technology. And so the cash cow was, we made the decision that for the enterprise to thrive, even five years out, we needed to innovate now while we had the cash flow so that as cash flow in the legacy business dwindled, we would have something to replace it with. We might have had a little bit of a gap, but mostly those employees would have kept jobs, the Enterprise would have survived, and they did, and the new business would have had time to grow and develop before it had to replace the revenue. So it, it seems like quite a, a gift, talent, to be able to figure out timing because there are also instances where, at 2008, a client of mine talked about they had just started investing in the, the new business and the crash happened, and the, they didn't have the runway. They had to shut down a new business, and the cash cow was the only business at that point, and they had to get sold. Same thing had happened at uh, this one there. has got it. But facing the facts isn't easy. You, you need, this is what a blend. You are really good at the people side and the things. The fiscal doctor here is good at strategy, all the other stuff numbers. I am not... I am not a touchy-feely person. My wife (laughs) knows I'm not a touchy-feely person. My friends know I'm not a touchy-feely person. They say, Gary, if you scratch you, an Excel spreadsheet pops out on how to make more money. You are not HR. But I was the head of HR at least once, and they worked with them a number of times. You've got to have a combination. I think that's a good point. So tell us more about facing the facts. Uh, And uh, this one uh, is going to be a brief one. You've got to have the right metrics 
You've got to be accurate and extremely timely on getting because the weakest of any of the three of those on monitoring the key things is the overall strength of your organization. Um, deep, be hard to go much deeper in there with it, uh, and maybe that warrants an extended discussion of its own. Any one of these could be a complete interview, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about metrics, the other thing that strikes me is I've got to face the facts on how we're doing internally, but I also need to be looking back to our strategic plan at the scenarios that might likely disrupt me. So back to number one, where's my money coming from? And if I look at external forces that could disrupt or that either I'm driving disruption or paying attention to, those facts need to also be on my monitor dashboard. It's part of what we came up with this into a theme to look at what's there. Someone could put the idea of succession planning probably into every one of these five in their particular case. Someone's got to make the decision, the CEO, the board. And in this particular case, since I wrote the article and we set it up there, I deliberately, when you and I were planning for this, I wanted to come up with something that would be provocative enough that your people would think about their unique situation and finding one key thing that they're going to pick and do something about uh, that you and I have discussed today. That's my whole passion in life is make the world better for people. Well, both of us have seen organizations that miss these. That's why you call them black holes, right? They're yes. Well-intended people focusing on getting their jobs done every day, and there is always more work to do than there are hours in the day. So often I will set aside succession planning because that seems like a luxury, or looking at the alternate scenarios when I'm barely getting through my day at the end of 16 hours, not 8 hours. So any one of these can blindside us. And having, I I told the story of being on the board at a university where we were just trying to get through the day and hoping that we solved the problem quicker than we did. And that turning a, a blind eye so that we can just keep the wheels on the bus long enough to drive out of the thunderstorm, if that's an example, or, or the snowstorm. I'm hoping that if I drive fast enough, I, the, the short or the small fixes will get me through so that I can get a breather and then address the bigger problems. And if I don't drive fast enough, that doesn't happen. So, yeah, what I hear you saying is, as our listeners are, are hearing this conversation, are there challenges that we've talked about, either in the categories of where do you make your money, the world is changing, being overly optimistic, not dealing with my opportunity or dealing with the opportunity cost, and facing the facts? Have you heard any of those that would impact your organization that you should? in addition to all the other things you're doing, go, go and address. So, Gary, what's our call to action here? Call to action we get, I'm going to leave your people with three questions, one of which I hope resonates. Where is your cash going to be six months from now? Second, 
Where do you really need to shore up a key stakeholder relationship? And third, we've talked about there, what 175-pound scrawny gorilla is feeding in the poorly lit area of your business, happily growing into a muscular 800-pound King Kong gorilla, which will erupt at the very worst time. One of these three uh, might be nice to shine a light on to see if you've got a blind spot. Wow. Scrawny, scrawny things turning into gorillas. So we've got about five or six minutes left. Let's, what do you want to share with our listeners around the idea of what we're doing going forward in the next round of surveys that, that I'm going to join you hopefully in generating? and inviting them to answer some questions. We've, we've now identified 10 questions, so taking it from 20, narrowing it down. Is there anything you want to talk about there? Well, I'd say I'm glad to share with uh, you, because one of the things, as I've done this now for two really major groups before today, is 20 is too many. Five themes you have. But people like, you know, Johnny Carson's Reverse 10, 10 Issues, so, yeah, again, we've made a fairly decent cut for your, your audience of taking my 20 down to 10 and updating it a little, and I will gladly share that uh, that you and I are gonna cre- can create into a poll, and uh, we'll give them the information on that, let them see where they are, and I'm, I'm glad to share the original article uh, you know, that I wrote Plus, there's a link we can share on where the recording for the Conference Board of Canada did where I went through all 20 of these at warp speed in one hour. Okay. So how would someone get a hold of you to get the article and that recording? Um, My website is www.fiscaldoctor.com, F-I-S-C-A-L-D-O-C-T-O-R.com. There's a contact me page, as everyone has. Send me a note. Uh, there's something you look at. Tell me what you would like, and I, you know, we'll coordinate with you, A, to get them uh, that full information and to make sure that they have the ability to participate in that poll and how to compare what they think with a larger group. Be glad to. And we'll put the poll on my website and yours, and... I want to run through the, or do you want to run through the top ten, the Johnny Carson style, ten down to one of the things we are looking at going forward? Well, I'll see if I can do it in one word with the understanding that the one word might, well, three words, it might change. Strategy versus urgent overwhelming the strategic. Disrupt or be disrupted. More about opportunity costs and playing it too safe. Risk rules of the ward, too much of the wrong, rearview mirror, accelerated blurred lines, sexier human capital, follow the money, right people, right bus, good and bad of technology. Subject to their comments might change these a little more. So, so our ask is that anyone who listened to this who would like to participate in the survey we will have this on your website, Fiscal Doctor, or they can contact you to we'll, take we'll it. We'll put it on yours, I think, would be better. Okay. 
And so that's www.metcast-associates.com. We'll put the survey out there. There are 10 questions, and we're asking you to score them on a 1 to 10, what is of concern and what you got handled, not, not a concern at all for these 10. And we will, for anyone who answers it, we will tabulate the scores and get back to you with the overall results from whoever takes this. And we'll also be doing a webinar to make this more interactive so that folks can share what they are thinking about and so you can learn from others as we learn. So, again, that that is going to be a survey updating Gary's initial data on the top ten, what are folks concerned about and what would they like us to cover going forward. So, Gary, do you have anything you want to say as a wrap-up? I have enjoyed today, and I trust someone got value. Love to provide some more information, go deeper on some of these topics. Thank you. So, again, www.fiscaldoctor.com and reach Gary through the contact form. The survey will be on my site, www.metcalf-associates.com, and I'm going to run through one last time what the top five concerns from directors were. So the first is, where do you make money? And the example that Gary gave was, not only do I need to know my strategy, but I need to know who are the people, so what are my what is my succession to make sure that strategy can be realized. Second is change, that directors are concerned about the volume of change we're facing. And so how do I balance the amount of change we can metabolize with keeping up with our environment? The third is We are often overly optimistic with regard to our finances and our procedures and processes, and so how do we attend to, again, keeping enough focus on innovation? The fourth was opportunity cost, and how do I allocate resources and attend to what I'm choosing not to do, given that we are all making decisions with not enough time and and money? And then the final is face the facts, that I may be spending too much time looking in the rearview mirror or not looking at the appropriate metrics internal about my operation and external about where am I positioned among my peers and within our industry and the market, given the volume of change we're facing. So thank you very much for listening. This is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Please do contact me with thoughts or questions or observations at Maureen or at info at metcalf-associates.com or check us out on Facebook. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 